0: Welcome everyone, uh, I hope you can hear me, and uh, great, and um, yeah just to once again express appreciation to to everyone, and it's quite amazing um, that we're all here together. We're getting a someone's phone, I think. Great, thanks, Sagiv. So <laughs> the beauty of being a large group of people coming together in all kinds of um of conditions. Yeah. And sometimes really worth reflecting, you know, coming together and we're in such different sets of situations and conditions between us and experiences, and it can be really helpful to just reflect on that both um, as a community and also with ourselves, yeah, individually. We've been touching on it sometimes we have a, a certain experience at a certain time and it feels like that's all there is and that's all that ever was and that's all that ever will be <laughs> is is this whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Often stronger around the unpleasant aspects of, of our humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can just bring that remembering to that, you know, that's, that's what's arising right now That's the conditions that are coming together right now. Um, And can we just remember that changing nature, um, but also remember our agency, that maybe there's something we can do. And so particularly wanting to say at this point, um, you know, on retreat, it can be that there will be challenging times for us in in different ways. And if that's what's arising... um, for you, then please remember that we're here to support you, okay? So, um, yeah, send, um, send us a, a message from the notice board. Um, if it's uh, more urgent, send us a message through the chat, um, you know, just to, just to remember that we're here to support you, and it's often um, helpful to have contact, to talk things through with someone else, so please don't hesitate. So I'd like to share some more reflections on, um, on experience and how it's constructed. Yeah, Nathan's just reminding me, if you leave us a note through the notice board and there's some kind of immediacy or urgency to needing to speak to us, please um, put in your email so that we can reply to you um, more quickly. Yeah, Otherwise, we'll reply to you through the chat in the next session. Okay, so back to to experience and, and kind of how it's constructed, how it's built. Um, it's really helpful to remember two things about any experience that we're having. Okay, when there's an experience, there's an object of that experience. Okay, and I'll, I'll be saying more about that. And. When there's an experience, there's also a quality of attention or a way of relating to the object. So um, our habitual way of experiencing experience or seeing experience is all our attention or all our awareness goes to the object. Just what I was saying earlier, when we... Um, When things are difficult in particular, you know, we tend to just shift into that. Yeah, that's what's going on, that's all there is. And we forget that there's a way of relating how we're bringing attention, what kind of attention, what kind of relationship we have with that object that has um, quite an impact on the experience itself. So part of what happens in practice, yeah, always... But particularly what we're exploring on this retreat is to shift our emphasis from the object to the way of relating to it. So as human beings, we're fixated on the object. That's our habit. That's our conditioning. Uh, And the invitation here is to first of all open, ah, there's a way of relating to the object that's also impacting our experience. And can I be interested to that in that? What's the way of relating? How is that impacting the experience? And particularly, how is it impacting um, any experience of well-being or (laughs) ill-being? Of well-being or ill-being, yeah, these the degrees of those. So, I actually wrote to myself in my notes to repeat that, (laughs) because if all we remember from this talk is that, that's quite dense. Yeah. So I will repeat it. Yeah, we're shifting the emphasis from the object to the way of relating. How am I relating to this? And we're bringing interest. How is the way of relating impacting experience? Particular, how how is it impacting well being, or its opposite, ill being, right now? And this is, you know, what the Buddha was focused on, all <laughs> right? Um, looking at this word dukkha, which I'll explain in a moment. Dukkha and how it is contru- constructed, how it's built up, how it's put together. And then also um, what can release it, uh, what can bring an end to dukkha or relief from dukkha. And so, when I say Dukkha, it's a Pali word, as many words that we've been using. Very rich language, okay? Pali and Sanskrit, very, very rich languages. Um, And so, Dukkha, this word, includes the whole spectrum from um, kind of uh, mild discomfort, you know, so when you're sitting there in meditation and there's just like a hair tickling your face, Yeah, very mild discomfort to great pain in our lives, yeah, physical, emotional. Yeah, so it includes that whole spectrum, and with with within that, you know, unease, dis ease, dissatisfaction, stress, suffering. Yeah, and I like this word that I used earlier, ill being. Yeah, the opposite of well being, yeah, which kind of I think has that sense of the spectrum in it from like a little niggle of something's not quite right to you know times when we're really facing challenges and difficulties in our life. So Dukkha, that whole spectrum and um, the Buddha's teachings really interested in how Dukkha is created yeah, and how it can be let go of, how it can be released, how it can be diminished And um, one of the, uh, the suttas of the text where the Buddha really speaks about this, um, he speaks about how dukkha is constructed and compounded, yeah, made stronger. Um, and then how it can be reduced is, is the simile of the two arrows. Uh, many of you may be familiar with it. It's one of my favorites. And so I'm actually going to read from the text just a short... Um, extract. So the text begins with the Buddha asking his students, um, "What's the difference between an ordinary person and someone who's studied well and practiced well and practiced his teachings well? So a well-instructed person, and in, um, sometimes it's it's described as an ordinary worldling, <laughs> an ordinary person of the. I like that word worldling. It's like Lord of the Rings." Um, sometimes it's kind of that, that's the, one of the translations. So he's asking them, um, what are, what's the difference? And then often the suttas, this is the way, you know, he asks questions of his students and then they say to him, oh Lord, oh blessed one, or oh, you know, awakened one, please instruct us, you tell us what the difference is. Okay, so here he's talking about the difference um, in relation to pain, in relation to dukkha. And he says, just as if a man would be shot with an arrow. Yeah. I love the image. <laughs> Someone walking down, uh, walking through a field or down the street, just randomly they get shot by an arrow. Okay. So just as if, like, a, just, just as if a person uh, was shot by an arrow and then right afterwards was shot by a second arrow. Okay. So he would feel or she would feel the pain of two arrows, not one, but two, because they got shot twice. In the same way, an uninstructed, ordinary worldling, when touched by a feeling of pain, when experiencing pain, sorrows, grieves, and laments, okay, I love the language here, Beats their breast, becomes distraught, okay? And so they feel two pains, yeah? Two pains, two arrows of pain. The initial pain and then the response. And I'm going to read the response again. Sorrows, grieves, and laments. Beats their breast and becomes distraught. It's a really good image of when things are really hard for us. So that's the uninstructed worldling, the person who hasn't had the good fortune to practice, to meet the Dharma and to practice. And here is the well-instructed disciple of the noble ones. Okay? The well-instructed disciple of the noble ones. When touched with a feeling of pain, what happens? They do not sorrow, grieve, or lament. They do not beat their breast or become distraught. So they feel one pain, not two. Okay, so this is the the difference. This is the difference. Um, And I'm going to explain it already if it feels a bit strange. Um, it, It may not. It may actually make a lot of sense to us, that difference between one arrow and two arrows. Um, And if it feels like it makes a lot of sense, then let's take a moment to just wonder at the fact that human beings have not changed that much in 2,600 years. We still have the same habits of mind, the same habits of uh, reactivity when when faced with, with our human condition. And I, I also want to, kind of before we go further into the teaching here, to also really note, and this is really important for me to, to emphasize, there's nothing in this sutta that says, um, ignore the pain. Um, don't attend to what needs attention. Yeah, don't attend to the body or, or the, the situation, yeah. There's nothing there about that, yeah. So attend to the body, attend to what is needed. But if we look at this teaching in relation to what I said at the beginning, there's an object and there's a way of relating to the object. Yeah, remember that? Every experience. So here's the object is the first arrow. It's the pain that we feel. Yeah, when we stub our toe or when we hit our head or when we, um, you know, fall off our rollerblades because we're just learning. Or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, yeah? Or when someone says something to us and it hurts, yeah? Whatever it is, yeah? That's the first arrow, that's the object. Yeah, it's a rising in experience. And then there's how we're relating to it. Yeah, and in this case, yeah, at least two options, yeah? One is, the habitual, yeah, of kind of... An, and I, I love the image. It's <laughs> kind of very strong, yeah. And and we know in our own experience what that's like. yeah. When we blame ourselves or someone else, when we feel ashamed of maybe experiencing pain or difficulty, when we judge ourselves or someone else, yeah, these are all second arrows of our experience. And so... Um, that's the way of relating to what is arising through having a human body, through having a human heart and mind. Mm. There will be objects that are painful, that are challenging. Mm. So we, we know this in our experience. And we can see, I think, when we kind of take it from that, that imagery, you know, that language of the worldling and the, what was it? Um, the well-instructed instru- disciple of the noble ones, when we bring that to our time, our language, our experience, yeah. we know, we know what this is like. Yeah. We know that the way of relating impacts our experience. The way of relating impacts our experience. Um, or another way of saying that, yeah, that we fabricate, we've been using this word, fabricate, we put together, we... Um, construct. Yeah. More or less well-being, more or less ill-being, dependent on the way of relating. And maybe I... Okay, delete that from your memories. That was not a useful, useful um, use, um, use of language. So ill-being or well-being is constructed, is fabricated, is put together. It's not we that do it. <laughs> okay. It's put together, constructed, dependent on the way of relating. Dependent on the way of relating. So if I just give an example um, from my own uh, experience, it's been very difficult for me to find an example, so maybe I'll use that (laughs) as an example. So, you know, I'm getting ready for a talk. It's clear there needs to be an example here. My notes even say example. And I'm sitting, you know, going over my notes, and I'm like, I can't think of anything. My mind is just gone blank. It's like in a freeze. Okay, so here's the object. Yeah, here's the object. My mind is not functioning the way I want it to. It's not bringing up an example. That's not very pleasant. And I can get tied up in knots and entangled around it. Yeah, that would be the habit. Oh, oh, no, the whole talk is going to collapse without an example, right? They're just going to sit there and they won't understand and they think, oh God, this is the worst teaching I've ever experienced or whatever. You know, just go. Yeah. And there can be a sense of a lot of contraction, um, a lot of um, pushing away of this, now I've got to come up with something, you know. So it can be a really strong, all kinds of strong stuff going on. And can you see the relationship to the lamenting and sorrowing and beating the breast? It's a different scenario, but it's the same kind of energy, same kind of tendency, okay? And if that's what I kind of feed, if that's the habit that comes up of self-judgment, of fear, of anxiety, yeah, of measuring myself according to whether an example comes up right now or not, yeah? If that's what happens, then there will be more dukkha there will be more ill-being. Yeah? I hope that you can feel that in yourself. We can usually feel it in the body. And it's very um, interesting, yeah. because I'm saying we can feel it in the body. Why? When I gave that example, which some of you may know, yeah, we want to do something, we want to offer something, we want to um, connect to something, and it's not happening the way we want it to. Yeah? And there's the story in the mind, but what happens in the body? Really important, really important. In the body, there will be contraction. When there is dukkha, when there's ill-being, there is contraction. And maybe you could see it when I, with that agitation even, there's a sense of a narrowing down, tension. Sometimes we might feel it in specific areas. Yeah, we might feel it more in the throat, or the chest or the shoulders, you know the whole body can get hunched up, you might feel it in the belly, you might feel it in the face. It can be all kinds of places <laughs> in the shoulders. It can be very subtle. It can be very gross. When there's dukkha, there is contraction. And really check for yourself <laughs> in your own experience. You know? And we can kind of feel it, yeah, just by remembering. Yeah, maybe when I was sitting there in meditation and there was an itch or a tickle. Maybe when I was um, feeling any kind of irritation or aversion towards experience, was there contraction? Yeah, what happened in the body? What happened in awareness? Yeah, because awareness also contracts. It also shrinks. It also um, compacts. And that contraction, this is really important, it's also a habit, <laughs> okay? So we're not saying, okay, something unpleasant, I'm going to contract now, <laughs> yeah? It's a habit, it happens, yeah? We don't, it's not an act of will. There's no intention, yeah? It happens without a conscious choice. There's not at least a conscious intention. Yeah, These things go more and more subtle. So there's contraction, and when there's contraction, what happens to the dukkha? I almost want to sing a song. (laughs) Some of you have heard me say this so many times. More contraction, more dukkha. They arise together. So when there's dukkha, there's contraction. The stronger the contraction, the more the dukkha also grows. Yeah, so they feed each other, they support each other, they mutually arise. Yeah, so we can say, if we use this way of relating language, we can say contraction too is a way of relating. Yeah, the way the mind shrinks when we don't want something. It's yeah, so a way of relating that brings more dukkha. It's a usually comes with resistance. I'm doing this, my body is speaking before my mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's resistance there, there's a pushing away. And again, we really know this. And just pay attention, any discomfort in the body, any pain in the body. Yeah. And both the physical contraction and the mental, yeah, the words, the stories, the language that comes in. And we can really feel how the space gets smaller when, when that happens. So there'll be an initial, if we go back to that image of the arrows, the first arrow, yeah, something happening. Can't think of an example or an unpleasant experience in the body. It's the same dynamic. And then the response. Yeah, that contraction that arises, oh, I don't want this. Yeah. Some resistance. And that continues the building up. Yeah, adding on to the initial experience, building up more layers. Yeah, so if we're talking uh, some kind of discomfort in the body, then contraction creates more discomfort in the body. <laughs> yeah, and then more contraction and more discomfort. Yeah, it just keeps building up. So that's why we use this language of fabrication. Yeah, sankara, the Pali, fabrication, construction. Yeah can see this, it builds up, experience builds up, yeah, like a, a tower of, um, of play bricks, if you like, yeah, builds up, yeah, so more contraction, less space, more pushing away, more dukkha, but let's not forget yeah, the well-instructed disciple of the noble ones, which is all of us, because we are here, listening to the teachings and practicing them. Okay. So we have possibility when we see this. Yeah, when we see ah, experience is constructed. There's an object and a way of relating. There's layers. There's blocks. There's the conditions coming together. When we see this, that opens up opportunities of insight. And of freedom. Okay, of insight and of freedom. And Nathan mentioned this last night, Rob's wonderful um, translation of vipassana, you know, the word, the Pali word for insight. Seeing that freeze. You know, seeing that freeze us. That brings freedom. That brings possibility. So when we see, when we remember, ah, there's an object and a way of relating. There's fabrication, there's construction. Uh, we can apply yeah. insight. In this case, we can ask ourselves, this is one of my favorite questions, how to not shoot that second error? <laughs> yeah. Or the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, etc. Mm-hmm. How do I not shoot that? Or how do I reduce that contraction? I'll throw in another word which comes with clinging and craving, Mm. along with the dukkha. And we know how to do this. We know how to do this. Just like we know how to construct dukkha, we also know how to deconstruct it. And one uh, way of doing that is to ask, how can I soften the way of relating right now? What's the way of relating? How can I soften that? How can I soften that? And sometimes it's through the body. (laughs) Sometimes it's through the body. So if I can relax the body, the contraction eases. If the body's more relaxed, there's less contraction in the body, there'll be less contraction in the mind. The body and the mind are mutually dependent yeah they co-create experience and so um, there was some research on chronic pain um, some years ago and some forms of of chronic pain and what they found was that 70% of that particular type of chronic pain was due to the way the body contracts around a painful sensation Okay, so there's always this going on. Painful sensation, the body contracts. And so they realized that if they could teach people who had this particular type of pain and contraction to relax the body, the degree of dukkha would go down. The actual degree of physical pain that they perceived would go down. This is really interesting. Okay, and when we reflect on this, We really see the body and mind connection, how they are mutually dependent in creating experience. Because, of course, if the mind is contracted and kind of, you know, if I say, if I'm like, okay, body, relax now. (laughs) And I'm really like pushing, resisting, pushing my body to relax. It's not going to happen. Right? So something has to change in the mind, in the way of relating in the mind already in order to support relaxation of the body. And then the more we can relax the body, the more the mind um, also relax. So we have options, and some of those we know. Yeah. Some of those we know. You know we've, probably most of us have had an experience um, when we were children or with children of someone being in a real tantrum and what usually helps when someone is in a real tantrum is to help them relax a little bit <laughs> yeah if you kind of tell them no just be quiet now <laughs> sometimes there's no other option but usually not very helpful yeah so we can help them relax so we know that experience for ourselves and um you know we've been exploring it also through our meditation practice when we've encourage this welcoming and allowing attitude in how we receive experience and how we meet the breath, how we meet sound, how we meet the body. What does that do when we welcome? (laughs) Yeah, What I miss most about Zoom is that you can only see a very small part of my body and I actually teach with my whole body. (laughs) So... I'm moving it here, but when we, when we um, welcome and allow experience, when we bring an attitude of interest and kindness to experience, naturally some of the contraction eases. The way of relating opens, yeah, eases. Similarly, you know, reflecting on your own experience, we've touched on it this morning and yesterday. Um, when we relate to what is arising in experience as changing rather than lasting. When we see it as arising and passing. And these are two ways that we've been exploring that can support some opening um, a different way of relating to experience that releases contraction and therefore Um, reduces dukkha and how does that happen and how does that happen so one thing that happens is when we release contraction directly or when we um, bring in a way of looking of friendliness of welcoming or of uh, seeing experiences changing as a Nietzsche in Pali um, things become less personal yeah, again, what I said right at the beginning of the talk, yeah, we remember <laughs> that it's not just this, and it's not going to last. Yeah. It's not going to be here forever. Yeah. And that becomes less, and with the less personal, also less problematic. Yeah. Also less problematic. So sometimes when we bring this kind of uh, playfulness to our experience, yeah, maybe it's a physical sensation. We might not notice change in the object itself. Yeah, the pain may feel the same. The thing we're sad about may feel the same. Uh, but the experience changes. The experience itself changes because the way of relating changes. So we can be with an unpleasant sensation in the body. We can be with pain in the heart in a way that has less Dukkha in it, okay? One arrow, not two, huge difference. Yeah, Nathan was talking about incremental differences, yeah, small changes, small differences. Sometimes we say small, this can feel huge. <laughs> yeah. Pain in the body, but not a problem, huge, yeah, huge difference. And this is true of all levels of experience, as I've just said, not just body pain. So thoughts arise. Yeah. Physical sensations arise. Mental habits arise. These can be the most tricky for us. Yeah. Like desire or aversion or dullness or agitation or confusion. These five are called the hindrances. In, the, in Dharma language obstacles, things that get in the way. Yeah. But what we're interested in is, is recognizing them and even more recognizing this thought, this mental state right now, or physical state, is coloring and shaping our my experience. Yeah. When there's aversion, and we know this again, when there's aversion, Everything that happens is colored through that aversion. Yeah? We might come across our favorite person and it might be like, <coughs> you know, that's what happens to me. It's you know, still aversive, still irritated. It colors, yeah, colors our perception. It colors, shapes experience. It's like lenses through which we see without knowing they're there. So again, so important to know. There's a way of relating. Here right now, yeah, including these so-called hindrances. Yeah, they're also a way of relating. And when we um, forget, there's a way of relating, and forget that that is what is shaping experience right now. That's what's fabricating experience right now. Uh, we forget that it's also fabricated. Yeah, Nathan said that today in the Q and A. I'll repeat that because not all of not all of us were there. Remembering, yeah, one of the deepest understandings and insights that we can immerse ourselves and explore, yeah, through our whole lives, is that things are fabricated and fabricating, yeah? constructed and constructing. So if there's Aversion in the mind in relation to something or just in itself, yeah, that shapes experience. But that same aversion is also conditioned, is also contra- constructed, which means there's possibility, yeah, which means there's possibility. There's the possibility to apply insights such as. Is there contraction right now in the body? (laughs) Because there will be. And what happens? What happens when I invite the body to relax? Just invite it, not order it. Not demand of it. If I invite it to relax, I'm changing the way of looking. Even if the body doesn't relax, <laughs> the way of looking has changed and something has changed. Okay? So applying insights. This is a way of looking. This is a way of looking. This is a way of relating. What happens when I relax? What happens um, when I remember? It's shaping experience, but it does not need to define it. It does not need to be the end of the road. This isn't going to stay this way. Mm. Especially when I can attend to it in a different way. So recognizing, there's a way of relating, recognizing what the impact of it is. Remembering it is fabricating and fabricated. What other possibilities do I have? So relaxing the body, bringing kindness, yeah, bringing in kindness. How can I hold this whole construction? Sometimes it's quite a big, yeah, intense thing. How can I hold this whole construction, this whole appearance, this whole tangle? Yeah, how can I hold it with kindness and compassion? What happens when I see this too as coming and going, as arising and passing? What happens when I see it as human, rather than who I am? It's a huge shift. This is human. This is human, rather than me rather than who I am. And so when I see that this is a human, this is a rising and passing, then a little gentle question, do I need to take this personally? And what happens when I don't? What possibilities open? And so this morning in the questions, Actually, I'm going to pause because I'm going fast. (laughs) I get excited. And also, if I'm honest, aware of the clock. (laughs) So I'm going to relax that contraction. And so this morning, we had some fantastic questions exactly about what we've just been talking, what I've been talking of, um, around this different states of dullness, of restlessness, of worry, yeah, of aversion to experience, different ways this was coming up. And it was clear in the questions that all of these are dukkha, they're all unpleasant when they arise. So remembering our options, I just want to kind of give those examples. How do I attend to this through bodily fabrication? How the body is through uh, creating space for the experience, which is another way of saying relax and contraction. When there's more space, there's less contraction. Yeah. relaxing tension directly and supporting the conditions of well-being through bodily life. We could also and I've just touched on it and I'm just going to put that into this language we can also bring insights into being, apply insights through verbal fabrication mm-hmm. using words or thoughts so, kindness and compassion, how can I attend to this experience with kindness and compassion? Just that question. Just that question. And we cannot emphasize the importance of kindness and compassion enough on our path. I sometimes use this image of them as the lubricant for the the engine of our practice and our lives, yeah, they keep the wheels turning. Yeah, they keep the wheels turning. Yeah, and they're the opposite of dukkha. They're the opposite of ill-being. Opposite of ill-being. So when there's kindness, there's an intention of kindness, an intention of compassion, it allows us to acknowledge what is present. Yeah? It's like a, a container or a soft bed for our experience. Yeah. It allows us to acknowledge what is present. It allows us to notice what's the way of relating right now and what's the contraction without adding more contraction to the experience, then it allows us to bring more interest and more friendliness. And so kindness and compassion are also a way of relating. And the more we bring them into our practice and into our lives, um, they become the way of relating that shapes experience. The opposite of dukkha, opposite of ill-being. And so this is really the last point, very precious. Dharma teachings are not about a freedom from. It's not about getting rid of the difficult in our lives. I'm sorry if this is disappointing for people. Yeah. Not about getting rid of things. It's about a freedom with and within. Yeah. Freedom with and within, because as human beings, part of the human condition is that pain will arise, discomfort will arise, challenges will arise. For some of us, more, and some some of us less. Yeah, sometimes in our lives more, and sometimes less. Yeah, it's not necessarily an even distribution. But as human beings, we will experience challenges and pain and difficulty. But we have that possibility of freedom with that. Yeah. Possibility of attending to it, of relating to it in ways that increase well-being. And I said this early on doesn't necessarily mean that the difficulty or the pain will disappear. If anyone here, which I'm sure many of you have, has lived with any ongoing physical pain, doesn't mean that it disappears. But the sense of problematic and the sense of dukkha is changeable is not fixed and is dependent on the way of looking. So we have the freedom to live with. Yeah. With metta, kindness, with goodwill, another word for metta. <laughs> with friendliness, another word for metta, M-E-T-T-A, another Pali word. Yeah. Of opening to our experience with that welcoming, allowing attitude that we've been working with. Yeah, we have that freedom. And from that, to immerse in a deep well-being which is not dependent on conditions, which is not dependent on the objects that arise in our experience. Freedom with. I think that's probably enough for today. So deep gratitude for your listening and your practice and a talk is also a fabricated constructed compounded put together thing. Yeah. And it is reliant it is dependent on the listening. Yeah as much as it is on the speaking. Mm -hmm. So just feel that for yourself. Mm -hmm. So let's have a quiet minute to close together. Practice together, nourish the well being of all beings in all directions. May it support us all to live in freedom and with ease, with whatever arises